You're listening to Brumpod, the podcast for small businesses by small businesses. Discussing the topics that matter to you because they matter to us, including marketing, networking, generating business awareness, as well as covering various business tools and technology. Brought to you by Brummies Networking, the home of free, stripped-back business networking. Produced by Happy Content Co. Welcome to Brumpod episode 40. Yeah, we've made 40 and none of us thought we would. Uh, but here we are, and thank you for staying with us. I'm here with Jason and Ewan, as always. Hello. Hello. Today we are going to be talking about the importance of email and how important is email. For many years, people have said that email is dead because X, Y, and Z technology comes along and it never happens, just like letters aren't dead because email came along 30 years ago or whatever it was. But obviously, things change, technologies change, we adapt to how we use certain tools and technologies. Uh, so in the current age, in the digital age of the 21st century, how important is email now as it once was? How are we using it now? And what are the other technologies that have basically replaced a lot of emails? Well, we're not using it at no. all, really. You have no. to admit, it's been a year since we last had a face-to-face -face meeting. And Brummies has kept going online, digitally. And I think we've sent less than half a dozen emails to each other in that time because we've yeah. not needed to. We do that. Yeah, we tend to yeah. use messaging services, pick up the phone to each other, meet on these um, ethereal forums like this, and before you hit the record button, just get everything out in the open. You do hit the record button after we get everything out in the open. There isn't any hidden tape of us getting everything out in the open. Well, let's hope not. I wouldn't want to be on the legal team on that one. But, um, Absolutely. They, they, yes, I mean, they, the old adage of when people complain about corporate life and everyone's having huge team meetings and they always say, oh, this could have been an email because it's an hour or two that's just been wasted with nothing really been achieved. You know, nowadays, if people receive email, there are going to be some people that will say this could have been a WhatsApp. So it, yeah. it's it's one of those things that thing, behaviours change towards technologies, the way we use technology changes. Uh, and yeah, I mean, we've we've been communicating perfectly well without the use of email because we don't really need to communicate with each other via email. It's through Slack, it's through Twitter, of course. You know, something like email isn't something we tend to need because it it's a passive communication tool. So you're not expected to send an immediate reply. It's often for the recipient to mull over and then reply with a considered response. Whereas things like the chat apps and Slack and WhatsApp and everything else, they come with more of an expectation of an immediate reply because it's more of a live, active communication. But I think it's, it's, it's interesting how things have changed over my working life. Because <clears throat> originally, you know, you'd, you'd get the post in the morning and you'd look through the letters and you'd know pretty well what you had to do that day and what could be put off till the next day and so on. Uh, but these days, you get some posts, you get an email, you get the odd phone call, you get other messaging. Um, and one of the things that does is just makes planning a lot more difficult yeah. and makes you a bit more stressed. 
I really thought you were going to start that with cave painting, but you, you went straight for letters. <laughs> no, I, 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 I thought the uh, the clay tablets arriving by chariot was, was pushing it, but cave painting, no. To be fair, it's the closest we've got to you using a tablet in a long time. So, <laughs> no, you have to remember what emails were originally doing and what they now do because they did everything previously, and yeah, they. You know, the, there was the old adage that you were used to be excited to receive an email and you got, used to get loads of letters. Then you were excited to get a letter when you got loads of emails. Yeah. And then emails tended to be not just memorandums that went out, but conversations, additional comments. People would send jokes and funny pics via email to email groups and little subgroups. And most of that has been replaced by dedicated messaging services. Email these days is now more of a an archive service or for posterity. So you will be discussing a project with someone and you might discuss it over the phone. You might send each other messages via WhatsApp, but ultimately when you have to, you know, mark your progress or put something official down, you send an email. Email is basically now a huge ass covering exercise where it's, you know, it, you, it, it's just evidential. It's there to be dug out if you need to refer back to it. But it's no longer your primary communication. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm still a massive user of email. Well, I think, well, everybody is in the right context. But when it certainly comes to receiving inquiries, I far prefer having everything come through as an email. Because uh, usually with, with what I do and a lot of people in the creative industries especially, there are so many different variables and parameters that you need to work out what a job is going to entail, uh, what what it requires, where it's going to be used and everything else, that you – I couldn't really do that if someone just sent me a WhatsApp message. And I have had that before. I have had people that just send me random messages uh, and then I feel more compelled to reply straight away. But then what I normally do is say, well, that's great. Could you use this sort of uh, quote request form or just drop me an email with the X, Y, Z details? Um, because, you know, it, it, often you can't just reply with a, yeah, that's going to cost X pounds. Uh, because there's going to be things that they may not have mentioned in their thing, which will drastically affect the, the way that a job should be worked out. So well, of course, I, etiquette is that you get uh, you get a message saying, "Can you you know can you quote me for a job?" And your typical response is, "Do you have an email address, and I'll send you over an official quote?" Because anything sent yeah. via WhatsApp is very informal, and a lot of the time, the decision will only be taken formally if the proper documentation is filled out. That's not changed radically. It just means that the initial communication, where it might have been a phone call. Is now WhatsApp, but you know you don't just yeah. throw a quote over the phone and expect the other person to take that as you know as gospel and into a meeting. They don't record it and then just play the audio back. Don't yeah, Richard says it'll be this. Yeah, exactly. although you're a voiceover artist, audio quotes should be the future for you. <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I, I do. Yeah, the, usually people take that with um, with good grace and to totally understand why i would say I, I need everything on an email because i need to refer to it I, I need to refer back to it in a um sort of archival even you know a live archival 
fashion because I need to refer to what's in the email so I can go through my normal process to work out a job. Only on the very odd occasion I've had someone that just wants a price there and then. And it's like, well, you could just reply and say, well, how much is a car? Because the, the options are going to drastically change depending on what you're looking at and what you require. So it it is it is one of those things where you often, certainly in, in my work life, things do require a bit more of a considered response because it is it, it's something which could massively change a quote. Yeah. To considering if, if it was an on hold message for a phone system for one person's office or whether it's a, a TV advert for B&Q, you know, it, it, other DIY stores are available. This is not sponsored by B&Q. Um, yeah, it, it's something which I, I always like to have because then I can refer back to it later on if, because I, I often have, you know, regular clients who say, oh, it relates to this job from XYZ. And if I haven't noted down everything in the email in my normal project files, then at least I can just dig out an email and just refer back to it, you know, weeks or months on. That certainty is is in everybody's interest, isn't it? Because the last yeah. thing you want as a client is is somebody turning around and saying, well, actually, you know, it's, it's going to cost you twice as much as, as you've budgeted for because I didn't know exactly what I was, what you're expecting me to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. What's happened with your system is that email is effectively your CRM system. So it, your email in um, is um, is basically a log of all your inter your official interactions with your clients. So you, rather than logging into a dedicated uh, CRM system where you record every interaction and you've got all of their bookings and vo voiceovers, you're referring back to the, your email history as your record of when you quoted them, what you quoted them, and if there was, you know, any confirmations, acceptance, amendments. And yeah, email does that very, very well, much better than a messaging group would do. It's uh, it's yeah. it's kind of developed away from being that coverall system and found its own niche. And where it was short, you know, it's been messaging apps have taken up the slack. And now, now video apps, you know, the, especially with um, remote working, the uh, that level of you know uh, remote communication has become more important, and yeah, it's, it's about etiquette when it's appropriate to just have a quick chat that doesn't need to be recorded just to clarify an issue, and when there needs to be an official communication, you know, a memorandum of understanding. So that, that that's the key thing. I mean, with my email, because now nowadays with you know the amount of server space we can all have for email servers. <clears throat> gone are the days where we have to sort of keep clearing all our folders and archiving everything because we've got such little space. I tend to keep emails um, in subfolders for about five years in the, in the sort of current state because I use, like everyone else, IMAP, so I can access all my folders and things at all times. But if something's gone beyond five years, I'll tend to sort of archive anything older than that from that folder just to free up a little bit of space. But it does, it does mean that, yeah, I, I can refer back whenever needed. And my, my CRM, I don't have a fancy CRM system because it, it's just not really that important for me. You know, most CRM systems for my needs are, are too complicated than I would need. And because most of my jobs are done very quickly, you know, within a couple of days, 
I don't need a CRM thing that sort of logs all the different stages of a process because the normal process is quote, send quote back, do the job, but send it back. No disrespect, done. but your process is by definition small. <clears throat> you're an S, you're a SME. Yep. Um, and a lot of your relationships and communications are based on trust, which is you send something out, the employer takes the um, the uh, in, the client takes it at their word, uh, and when they respond, you take it at their word. Um, the larger a business gets, the more opportunity there is for misunderstanding, miscommunication, and the more important it is to have these things correctly logged. And that's where you end up with processes and email etiquette and what is appropriate to do by email and what isn't, um, and which is why you can get email overload because a lot of uh, a lot of people get afraid and it's just, they'll back everything up with an email and you get email overload. So you've, you're dealing with important um, important plans for the day, and also receiving emails about uh, you know who's supposed to be doing getting the, the coffees in this morning, and um, you know uh, almost sort of petty ass covering exercises, and it's very hard to differentiate. And that they for me they also act as a you know a, a version in a way of a contract. So mm -hmm. I, I have a. A web form that people have, a new client would have to fill in to confirm and accept the terms of service. And that then sends an email to me that shows that they've confirmed it. So that is effectively my contract. And then, especially for when scripts are coming through, it means that I then have a record of when they send the script and I confirm with them that this script is, has been fully signed off and greenlit and no further changes are known to be required just so down the line if they uh, suddenly send a new script or they say these this wording is different then it's a case of well the job was done based on this script which you said was finalized exactly um, it's for archive and posterity but you can also get a situation where an email is sent back and forth because so long as the ball is in the other person's court the responsibility lies with them something that could be better handled by a messaging app or even a telephone conversation but again when people are too busy dealing with too many emails there is a tendency to look at that one and go respond knock it back to them knock that one back to them clear my inbox and it's not about whether the communication's been effective or whether the job has indeed been done the you know the aim was to get your inbox down to zero regardless of how productive it was. That's when activity supersedes productivity. And messaging apps have taken a lot of the, the stress away from that. And talking of which, I mean, we've got, obviously, as we mentioned in the last podcast, the last episode, we were talking about various online tools for communication, uh, things like Zoom and Microsoft Teams. Um, there is a slight update, actually, that I spotted yesterday trending on Twitter, uh, and that is that in an effort to dominate the video conferencing space, Microsoft Teams have now uh, updated the software to include end-to-end -end encryption, which will, as we've heard over the last 12 months with a lot of people working from home, there have been many cases of Zoom bombing and people jumping into uh, businesses' Zoom calls who weren't invited and have done some pretty uh, unsavoury things. 
Yeah, it's the online equivalent of walking past somebody's uh, business meeting uh, where you can see them from the windows and just sort of leering in or, or mooning them or just doing something disruptive. And it's surprising that it was uh, it, it took that long for it to get patched. But it's, it's, it's yeah. something that won't last. I mean, Zoom, you know, they've become pretty much... They've become the verb for video conferencing, haven't they? Everyone says, oh, should we jump on a Zoom, even if they're not necessarily using Zoom, the platform? Yeah, Skype must be seething. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because we did use the term to Skype each other, and then it's now been replaced with to Zoom. And Skype seems to have fallen away um, and almost been amalgamated into Teams. Skype is like the uh, the domestic version of Teams, which is more business orientated. Uh, but we use, I mean, we've used Zoom. We communicate yeah. on Slack rather than send emails to each other. So we've just got these long threads of like a stream of consciousness where we eventually uh, agree on a decision. Yeah. and throw some random things in. Um, and, yeah, we do call each other. Well, you and I call each other. I, 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 Ewan's, Ewan's phone doesn't actually uh, take incoming calls or, <laughs> or outgoing calls. It's Basically, it's, it's, it says Fisher-Price on the top. And, um, <laughs> no, it's, it, it, I never, never get the, um, the tension of the, of the string to the cocoa tin you know, quite yeah. right. <laughs> it just doesn't doesn't quite work. But yeah, we've managed to successfully stay in communication um, without using email. We have, um, you know, we've I won't. Well, we, we use um, Dropbox, so we've got shared folders to upload work and comments. Um, we can successfully operate without having to send emails to each other. I think the only time we do send emails is when we're forwarding on emails we've received from other people. Yeah. Yeah. And we use Dropbox paper for um, planning these podcasts. Yes, these podcasts are actually planned. Um, so at least we can all, just like Google Docs, you, we can all collaborate on a single document to uh, add in the various things we need to add in. Um, and it just makes life so much easier than having to do round-robin emails of, well, I've, I've updated my bits on this Word document. Do you want to add your bits in? Then getting lost losing track of what version we're up to now, version 762. Now, at least Rogue can... copies, somebody forking to the side, brand using, uh, you know, branching off on a previous and bootleg copy. Bootleg copies for all our fan base, you know, this, this, this is something we have to consider. <laughs> Absolutely. But again, we are a relatively small team. We communicate very well anyway, and there's a big element of trust between us, so there hasn't been too much of a need to formalize or record or have to refer back if you know any of us are mistaken at any point you know just do a quick chat is enough to resolve anything and i don't think we've even got to that stage um so oh. it works effective as you get bigger you do need those formal structures for email you do need policies and procedures and there is a place for apps and messaging outside of that because you don't want to overload the emails with a relevant um, discussion. But then there's also the risk of what they term as back channels, which is where you can have official communications that seem to be saying one thing while the back channels are saying the complete opposite. 
Uh, and that can either be by because people don't actually agree with the official policy, but they're towing the line and they're grumbling behind closed doors. Or it could be that they're actively undermining or working against the official line. And that can be dangerous. And companies are just coming to terms with the idea that that, that backroom chat that used to go on that might not go anywhere is now, you know, capable of doing much more reputational damage if those back channels ever became public. Yeah, very true. Absolutely. Yeah. One, one of the things in bigger organizations is that somebody else needs to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, if you're a one-man band like me, then I know, well, I claim to know what's going on anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. But the back channels, again, just complicates that. Um because if, if if somebody's off ill or, or worse and somebody else has to uh, pick up what's going on, do they know what, what's actually going on in the uh, in those back channels? Absolutely not. I mean, there are, when you talk about email etiquette, there are times when, you know, certain communications are not deemed appropriate. You wouldn't, for example, insult a colleague, denigrate their work publicly. Um, but this can happen in private messaging groups. Comments that can be made that are, you know, just banter, which would certainly not be allowed in an official email, are tolerated. There's even something that's called grandstanding, which is where if you're on one of these round robin emails and you've made a mistake, somebody else should really reply to you privately and say, I think you're in error here. I'm going to point out what I think the error is. Do you want to communicate to the group that say on reflection or after discussion, my, you know, I've now changed my position or I'd like to correct what I said. Where grandstanding is where you just flag this to everybody to show how clever you are that you've spotted it. And it's a form of bullying and it's not allowed. But on messaging services, somebody says something to the group, somebody else just replies to the group um by default and calls them out on it and yeah there's a lot that the behavior is a lot worse email has become a lot more formal a lot more trusted a lot more grown up and the messaging services are like their uh, adolescent uh, little siblings that are still they've still got a lot to learn but they're reveling in how clever they are and Looking back at things like Zoom again briefly, the, the see as Microsoft have clearly got a bit spooked with um, how popular Zoom has become over the last twelve months, yeah. and they're hoping that the end-to-end -end encryption uh, thing they're now doing is is going to mean they'll you know prevail. Yeah, I mean it, it might, but I think so many people use Zoom because it's so simple to use. It's only a matter of time before Zoom sees sense and also include end-to-end -end encryption it, it's bound to happen uh, but the, the other one that i wanted to mention which i've i've known about for a while but forgot about and then i was reminded about it the other day um is another service which is an open source alternative to zoom and teams uh, called jitsi jitsi meet uh, it, it's uh, it's also end-to-end -end encryption just like teams uh, but unlike zoom which has a meeting limit uh, on the free accounts at, at 40 minutes, there's no meeting limit on Jitsi. It just caps it at 50 participants. Uh, and there are, you know, paid options if you need 
various things added onto it, but the 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 bare bones elements of uh, video conferencing for you know family life or business, indeed, then it's it's certainly worth a look at. It's completely free. Yeah, a lot of people are be racking their brains now about how their product will regain market share from Zoom. I can see why Microsoft and Teams have gone for the encryption because you'll notice that a lot of, say, local councils um, or corporate groups will choose um, the encrypted um, over the unencrypted, which means in this case they'd use Teams over Zoom. The ones that would cap the number of people but not the time would appeal to people that have long meetings that don't really go anywhere um, I quite like the 40-minute cap on the free Zoom because it does really make you crystallise your thoughts. You know when you've got that 10-minute countdown timer? Yeah. You've got 10 minutes left to get this meeting done or we all have to log back in again. So you've got two types of meeting. There's the ones where it's like, let's just carry on, and if we've got to log in, we'll log in. And the, the other others where it's like, I'm not logging back in. So we're going to finish this in nine minutes. Right. Any other business, it's going to be a no from you. Shut your mouth. Anything from you, anything from you. You have no authority here, Jackie Weaver. <laughs> <laughs> no authority uh, at all. Oh. See, again, with communication, you can see how people are trying to use these new tools to carry out some formality and just completely losing it. Yeah. It's, it's, they've gone to the point where the procedure is more important than actually a, a, a effectively communicating. And that was a classic example of it. Absolutely. So, for those that have seen it, I mean, you can always put a link up in the podcast if people want to review it, but uh, it was just a masterclass in, um, in, in how people use these things thinking they're being all professional and being completely amateurish it's it's yeah we'll put a link in the thing it, it's 15 minutes well spent if you've not seen the jackie weaver video you and yeah i think you're the only person <laughs> in the world that hasn't seen it <laughs> but I, I mean i mean i'm really interested to get ewan's opinion on it because as someone that's you know deals with with businesses and advises you know how important effective communication is yeah absolutely but you know meetings should have a purpose yeah and yes you know structure is useful especially making sure that all the bases are covered but you know don't sit there Reading out the minutes of the last meeting, you know, all all that kind of formality. Um, and yeah, you don't want to be sprung with, um, you know, issues that that uh, nobody's given any notice about. But I haven't say it's it's not there to 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 fill time. It's actually to achieve things. It comes Which back to email and. Yeah, I was always told, and it's something I've constantly repeated when to my teams was that a message is not delivered until the other person has acknowledged and understood. And that was one of the things with messaging and emails is you can broadcast your message, but until the other person has acknowledged that they've got that message, you haven't delivered it. And it's not enough just to put the message out there and like with your with your meetings it's not just enough to fo to follow the protocols and procedures you also have to achieve the aims of the meeting otherwise you've just wasted everyone's time yeah 
and and with messages it's the responsibility of the person sending the message to make sure that it's understood yeah or that and, classic and, uh, line oh but i sent you an email on it <laughs> and the other thing that i learned quickly was that if there are two ways of reading an email they'll read it the wrong way yeah every time yeah humor doesn't translate and if you look at social media messaging and particularly i will call them personas rather than twitter handles but you have some people that will say something outrageous now are they being serious are they being satirical are they satirizing the satirists by satirically satirizing what they've said in satire or are they just genuinely think that way and are using the license and the ambiguity to say things that they could never get away with saying you know officially outright well, very true. I'll, I'll pretend I understood that, but really my brain switched <laughs> off a little while back. And uh, just, Yeah, it, you know. it's it's just that point where a lot of social media communication is there. When people go, are you joking? And you go, yes. Your sarcasm does not always travel well. Sometimes it's taken literally. We've told you this for years. Yeah. That's really? Why, that's why we don't let you use email. Yeah, but you can reach the point where communications can be so ambiguous because we don't know exactly what you mean. My brother is a devil for doing this. He will post something on Facebook followed by a stream of emoji faces that are either supposed to endorse or undermine what he originally said, and I don't have a clue. I want to bring up now this article, a recent article on the uh, New Yorker. Uh, It was only published a week or so ago. That's entitled Email is Making Us Miserable. In an attempt to work more effectively, we've accidentally deployed an inhumane way to collaborate. And I'll I'll paraphrase it briefly, but in, in. in early 2017, there was it was all to do with French labour laws um, about the the so-called right to disconnect, about policies of email use after work hours. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure the links in the episode notes. But in in short, there was a study done uh, in California, and they hooked up 40 office workers to wireless heart rate monitors for about 12 days. Uh, they recorded the subject's heart rate variability. Uh, to measure mental stress. Um, And they also monitored simultaneously the employee's computer use, which allowed them to check exactly what they were doing at the time of any stress levels. Um, And the longer someone spent on an email in an hour, the higher one's stress was for that hour. Um, And they placed thermal cameras so they could monitor them and uh, monitor heat blooms on a person's face that indicates psychological stress um and they basically sort of concluded that uh, while email use certainly saves people time effort in communicating it also comes at a cost uh their recommendation was that to suggest that organizations make a concerted effort to cut down on email traffic so and that that you know plays into very much of what we've been talking about on uh, how a lot of businesses these days are actively trying to limit the amount of email going around. If it's not, if it's only like a one-liner thing, then chances are it could either be said to someone's face or in a text or something else. It doesn't necessarily have to clog up an inbox. But of course, what happens is that emails 
have been curtailed out of hours. You know, they successfully did it in France, and a lot of company cultures discourage emailing out of work. But then you have group WhatsApp chats from colleagues, and what do they discuss out of work? Work. So it's yeah. it's always about the balance. You do you switch off the emails, or do you? educate your company to have a culture where it is acceptable to look at an email out of hours and not feel that you have to immediately respond is it educating people to write emails in such a way that it's not you know oh look at me i'm sending emails late aren't i still being busy and productive and actually saying actually you're being disruptive to your colleagues this could have waited until the morning the only reason it's gone out at 10 o'clock at night is that you lacked the uh, you lacked the the will to hold on to it till the morning, and you had to offload on your colleagues at ten p.m. at night, and that does make a difference. It's about culture. The reason people are working later and still accessing their emails is the same reason that some businesses close at five, but their rivals close at five thirty because they'll pick up all the customers that tried ringing around at five and couldn't get anyone, and then somebody else doesn't close until 6 p.m. It's always that fear of missing out. But it's about encouraging people not to weaponize that intentionally or otherwise in their communications. There's well, an awful lot to be said for, you know, when you're doing a, a, an email late at night, which may be a good good way of doing it and getting it off, getting it off your desk, is <laughs> just save it as a draft. Yeah. And that yeah. way, you, it, it's been done. You don't have to worry about it. But you send it the following morning. I always but, send you know, you, the email you send on a Friday night is not necessarily the one you would send Monday morning. <laughs> so, yeah, because you're that. tired. There's been a full week, even if it might be emotionally laden. You know, it might be passive aggressive whereas on monday fresh set of eyes you go delete that delete that that's an opinion that's a comment that's not a fact and you, what you send on monday is much more professional and will be better received yeah and the fear but, of missing but, out factor is also massively uh, critical when you're a freelancer as well or just a, a sole trader because it's the problem of being conditioned to be overly accessible at all times with email coming in on smartphones and tablets and everything else. And when does a freelancer's office close? Uh, often most freelancers won't tend to have an overly strict routine of leaving their office, even if it's a home office or anything, you know, at five o'clock, six o'clock. You know, we, we do tend to be open, in inverted commas, at all times. I, I now tend to not reply to emails if they come through on an evening, but then I do tend to check if it is an international client where time zones are going to become a factor, then, you know, occasionally I will respond. How often do you decide, decide though, it can wait? Because that's the important thing for your own mental health. If, if, it's, if an email comes in at 9 or 10 o'clock or something and it's a UK-based client, then I deal with it the following morning. But yeah. if, if it's if it's international, depending on the urgency, then I may respond there and then if it's something simple to respond with. But usually I will try and wait because if if it's a non-UK-based client and they're contacting a UK-based voiceover, then they should hopefully expect that if it's 1 a.m., 
then I'm not exactly likely to uh, get back to them straight away. See, that's the word expectation. You have yeah. to train your own mind, your own will to go, to get out of the habit of going, well, if I don't respond immediately, somebody else will. Because then the next stage is, well, if I don't do it at this price, somebody else will. And before you know it, you're a busy fool taking every inquiry from very demanding people that what, what they want when they want it, at what they want to pay. And you just make yourself miserable. Yeah. But the, the other thing is, though, that even if you don't respond, if you read an email at 10 o'clock at night, you've actually just increased your stress level. Yeah. Yeah. Just, Again, just it's the fear of it. missing out. If you read an email, it's, it's knowing yourself whether to respond because there are times that I might get a, an email or a phone call out of hours. And if I respond now, I've just solved a problem before it became a problem the following morning. And there are other times where you open something and all you've done is ruined a night's sleep because you're now fretting over something that you can't fix till tomorrow. Again, it's learning, it's training yourself to have the judgment to go, this can wait. This needs to be action now. I'm glad I looked at that email. Or this can wait till the morning. And because I can't change the outcome or influence it or do anything until the morning, sleep on it. Yeah. It's very hard to get the balance, and that's why the French introduced that law, because it's not down to the employee to develop their own balance. It's down to the employer to develop the company culture, the training, and encourage the mindset where you can just do your job and go home. Yeah, Harder for SMEs because it's a lifestyle, not necessarily a job. Well, yeah, it, it's, it's making sure we limit how we use technology because you know before we had iPhones and devices that you could access email on the go you know if your computer wasn't on you weren't receiving email you mean like Ewan's office <laughs> <laughs> well yeah I suppose so but you know if on old old you know PCs from 15, 20 years ago, yeah, if, if if your email program wasn't fired up and ready, then you wouldn't know if you got an email or not. Exactly, but, but look how stress-free you and is. I mean, we do occasionally have to check in for a pulse. <laughs> <laughs> but it well, is hard to do remotely, but uh, yeah. Yeah, but no, joking aside, it is about getting the work-life balance where you can do the job, not feel that you've missed out and still keep your sanity and yeah moving away from email for anything other than official communications is a good thing it there's no substitute for actually talking to people as this year has taught us you know i can't wait to get back to face to face if i have a choice between sending an email or picking up the phone I'll pick up the phone. If I have to send an email afterwards, it's usually going to be a much shorter email and probably a much clearer one. If I can speak to somebody in person rather than picking up the phone, I'll do that instead. And I can't wait till we get back to that. That ties in with the email point though, Jason, which is mm -hmm. you wouldn't actually phone up a colleague at 11 o'clock at night no. to discuss something. You know, and, unless you've got a warehouse that had burnt down or something like that. Yeah, it would have to be pretty significant or you'd have to have a very good relationship with them where those that boundary was, uh, yeah, 
well, you were fine to cross that boundary. But yeah, if I that email, you would. Yeah. And again, I consider that very carefully. I have sat in hotel rooms being at various sites around our um, company on business and seen email communications between people and just interjected with, technically, I'm the only one who's still working tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, why are you sending this to each other at this time of night? And that's a nice jokey thing. But even when I had my, you know, my previous role in magazines i would kick my team out at 5 30 jokingly half jokingly saying if you have to stay late i've either given you too much work which makes me look bad or i haven't taught you how to do your work in the uh, in the allotted time which makes me look bad so go home you're making me look bad which also stops people point. yeah it also stopped them working longer hours than me and trying to go after my job but that was you know <laughs> that was not the reason at all it was completely selfless of course well i think if the the last 12 months and this uh, pandemic has taught us anything is that things like email should not be the things in life that are causing us stress and we do need to treat email i think a little bit like uh, we used to with without being immediately available with receiving email on iPhones and things like that. We should hark back to uh, looking at email periodically when required during work hours and limiting what we do out of hours and using email for its now commonly adopted purpose. And that's not for uh, jokey emails and round robins and all the things that tends to be uh, other media now. So. I think it's all about picking the right communication method for any given circumstance. And I think certainly we should all start to decondition ourselves to uh, being available 24-7. It's not healthy or even a sustainable way to conduct business. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up episode 40. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to Brumpod, the podcast for small businesses by small businesses. Brought to you by Brummies Networking, the home of free, stripped-back business networking. Produced by Happy Content Co. Follow us on Twitter, at Brumpod. You can subscribe to future episodes using Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and several other podcast platforms. Just search for Brumpod. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard, then please do consider leaving us a review. Music by Bureaucratic. We'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>